welcome to the next episode of Talking CEE. Today's episode will look at the new ways of working. We will cover three main topics. First, we will discuss which sectors were mostly affected by the COVID-19 and who already decided to go with the mass redundancies. Secondly, we will um, see how companies handled and operated during, during COVID-19 and uh, how they handled sending people to work from home. And thirdly, we'll discuss health and safety measures which must be observed by the companies in the new world. My name is Kasia Dulevich, and I'm heading employment teams in Central and Eastern Europe uh, at CMS. I also have with me my fellow lawyers from CE offices, and uh, this is Natalia Nakonechna from our Ukraine office. She's a senior associate. I also have with me uh, George Balint, who is a senior associate in our Hungarian office. And I have Jakub Kabat, who is an associate in our Czech office. Welcome and thank you for joining me to this session. Okay, let's start. Many companies had to switch the way uh, they operate and they had to move uh, people to work from the office uh, into working at home. I see from the clients that the trend is now that some companies decided to come back to the office, but many multinationals are still keeping people to work from home. I would like to discuss the trends uh, across sea and see how uh, companies behave in, in, in the particular countries. So. Uh, George, let's start with Hungary. What do you think, like which sectors were affected most out of COVID-19 and which one decided already to go with the mass redundancies? Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, what we can see in Hungary is that the most suffering industry is the hotel industry and the tourism. That's no question, I think, uh, maybe in, also in other countries. What we can see in Hungary that strangely there is a difference between the country and Budapest. We see that the Budapest tourism and hotel is built on the foreigners because the hotels and the restaurants are practically empty while the country tourism and the country hoteling industry is quite well because Hungarians went for a holiday to the country and uh, due to the very nice September, uh, maybe uh, the season is extended as well. Right, but do you, do you think that this sector already went through redundancy process or they are keeping the staff and retaining Def them? Definitely, yes. So there were, there were a mass redundancy in the sector and uh, Unfortunately, the companies could not uh, keep their employees. So we see a lot of employees uh, from this industry try to go to others. Okay, thank you. Jakob, how about the Czech Republic? And uh, I'm particularly concerned with the retail sector. Well, in the Czech Republic, the most affected sectors were also tourism and hotel sector for the same reason as George just mentioned. Um, also services sector and retail was heavily uh, impacted but in retail, the retailers had the luck and uh, they were able to manage the situation by moving online and starting an online business, which could which helped them a lot. So nowadays they have a lot of uh, e-shops, which, which they didn't have before the COVID situation. So this situation in, in uh, retail sector is not that, not that serious as in other sectors. 
All right. Okay. Thanks. Although I've heard some are going through mass redundancies in Poland, like uh, Carrefour and and, and others so are still considering the the staff reduction. But the, you're right. Going to to online is is uh, a solution for them. Okay. Thank you, Jakub. Uh, Natalia, uh, a question to you in Ukraine. How do you how do you assess companies uh, managed uh, through the lockdown and how they operate and and what do you think that future lockdown, if happens, may bring? Uh, well, uh, I can admit that uh, what I noticed is that uh, lockdown was a big shock for most of the companies, both production companies who, who use blue-collar uh, blue, blue uh, workforce and also for those who uh, mostly use white collar. So they had, to, of course, reacted differently and uh, had to react very quickly. They didn't have uh, in a proper policy, like, for example, for big production companies, they need to organize transportation of the uh, personnel to the facilities, working facilities, uh, by private vehicles uh, for um, uh, office workers uh, remote uh, working needs to be had need to be done uh, like very quickly and that many companies were not prepared for that so uh, uh, trends uh, and recommendation from our side is to be prepared for the next uh, wave of, of uh, situation like this if it happens uh, have proper policies, have uh, a proper uh, um, clauses in uh, the employment agreements, have proper technical and organizational measures like equipment, laptops, uh, communication channels, and so on and so forth. Okay, thank you, Natalia. Which brings me to the next topic, and I also to wanted to follow up with you, which is back to the office life and what are the trends. So, what do you see the trend in in Ukraine? Let's focus on the white collar workers. Are they back mm -hmm. to the office, or rather, people are still working at home? Uh, I uh, what I see is that most of the companies returning to the office, but this is like uh, the trend. But there are like uh, uh, two parallel trends. So some of the companies uh, like uh, uh, decided to move uh, to teleworking like forever, so they reduce the office spaces. They keep them to the minimum. They do not refuse from them completely, but um, change it into kind of co-working space where uh, employees can come and discuss some matters, but not stay for like normal working days. Uh, some of uh, companies did uh, um, uh, implement uh, kind of 50-50 mix when they have um, uh, kind of rotations or flexible regime, which allows co uh, employees work both from home and uh, from the office. So you mean the, the system where they work two weeks in the office and two weeks at home? Uh, yes, or part of the day in the office and part of the day uh, in, in the home. All right. Okay. And, uh, schedules are very different. Right, which in my view, it does not help very much in the health and safety issue, because I think one week in the office and one week at home, uh, it means you can um, you can go with the, all the health and safety measures when you change the teams, while if you do it within the same day, I don't see a, a, a good uh, reasoning behind that. Uh, thank you, Natalia. George, how is the situation in Hungary in this respect, home versus uh, office working? Uh, we see a big difference between production and white collar people or bl or blue collar and white collar people because white collar people are easy to go home, easy to stay home. So uh, 
in the most cases, wherever it's possible, the employers try to keep them at home. The home office uh, arrangements are working quite well. But in the uh, blue collar, uh, uh, let's say, uh, territory, this is not so easy because the production line is something which must be run. Uh, so here I cannot see so many examples. Uh, maybe the office people are sent home, working at home, but in the production, they have to go to the office, but there are quite strict arrangements as to the temperature measurement and declaration about diseases and so on and so on. Yeah, which is a very good topic. We'll discuss at the end the temperature measures, which is a very hot topic across Europe. Jakob, I would like to check uh, the situation in the Czech Republic and how do you see people working from home or working from the office? Well, in the Czech Republic, the majority of employees are already back to the offices, but the situation is not the same as before the COVID times. And there, many employers have still flexible regimes or rotational regimes. Now, nowadays, the situation is uh, getting worse and worse every day, and we can expect another twist to this situation and coming back to home offices again. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jakub. Fingers crossed it will not happen. All right. Let's let's move now to the next topics, which is rules on working from home. As we see, it may happen uh, in many jurisdictions. And let's let's discuss the specific countries. Uh, Natalia, what do you think are the three most important rules that companies should remember when sending people to work from home? Uh, they must remember that currently Ukrainian legislation requires employees' consent for that. So they cannot just send them without without the employees uh, consenting on that. Uh, All right. So they need a, a consent from an employee to send yes. someone to work from home. Yes. Yes. And if they don't agree, they, they will continue to work in the office. Yes. Uh, well, uh, two options. Uh, if uh, there is no consent, then the employee, uh, the employing company should notify the employee about uh, like a, um, a mandatory switch to home office and the notice should be given two months in advance. So uh, not very quickly. Uh, if the employee refuses, then this may be a ground for dismissal. But there is no currently court practice. It, this dismissal may be very challengeable. Right. So is there, do you think there is any practical way to force a person to come, uh, not to come to the office and work from home? It's not really possible to do that. Uh, I uh, honestly, there, there was no even one case uh, during this COVID time where the employee actively opposed to that. Some were reluctant, but they could have been persuaded and uh, it was successfully done. If uh, there was not even one case of dismissal that forced dismissal for, for that. Um, but currently, Ukrainian legislation remains very employee protective and you will actually you are not able to force the employee. There are draft laws that provide for possible change of the regulation uh, where employee uh, company will be will be able to send um, the employee without their consent uh, working from home. But currently it's just a draft. Yeah, this is the situation in Poland, actually. I'm, I'm surprised because in Poland, we, we have a new legislation which allows a company to send someone to work from home. And this is just a unilateral decision of, of the company. So maybe similar solution yes. will be adopted in Ukraine. Okay, thank you. How about uh, Hungary, George? And a, and a possibility to send someone to work from home without a consent? 
I would say that employers try to think so, but I'm not sure this is legally possible. Since the state of emergency was lifted as of the 1st of July 2020, uh, there's, a, there's a different situation because it seems that the legislature doesn't want it uh, made unilaterally towards the employees. What we can see now that uh, the employers have three options. The first one is the delegation of the right of choosing the place of work, which is practically the home office. Uh, the danger of that is uh, employees can say, no, I'm very bored with my family. I want to go to the working place and please provide me with the health and safety working environments. The second option is that uh, teleworking agreement, which is absolutely the very best because here the parties lay down all the uh, relevant characters, all the rules of uh, working from home. So this is the clearest situation which we always recommend to the clients. And the third one is the 44 days possibility because the the labor court says that uh, an employer has the possibility to send somebody to another place of work for 44 Uh, working days per year. I'm of the view that this is not possible because the legislator had another will uh, as of the lifting of the uh, state of emergency, but employers do this. Uh, employees, employers so far did not have any fines or, or authority checkup. So, so, so George, uh, you are saying that the 44 days rules means that even if it's abused and uh, and the legislation should be interpreted differently, companies are using this as a trick to send people home, to work from home for 44 days. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I see that now these 44 days are expiring, so employers try to seek advice how to switch on teleworking. And right. they are also waiting for the new legislation about the teleworking, which is very soon to come. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. And I understand that teleworking would be your advice. Absolutely, yes. Okay, thank you. Jakob, uh, I wanted to discuss with you um, what would you see as discriminatory behavior uh, when companies are dividing dividing people into working from home or working um, in the office? Our employers should uh, set appropriate rules and processes so that all comparable employees are treating the, treated the same way. Obviously, not all the employees can always work from home, but uh, when making these differences, there must be objective reasons and justifiable reasons why somebody should work from home and why not. Mm. Uh, one of our clients had a quite interesting case when an employee was claiming unequal treatment Uh, for different working conditions when working from home and this employees was comparing himself with other colleagues from the same business unit but these colleagues were uh, employed by different entities in different countries so this was quite interesting case but uh, it wasn't they were weren't um, comparable employees because in these different countries the legislation is different the market standards are different However, so you, this, you are saying so you are saying you can't compare employees even within the same capital group if they work in the different countries. I would say no because uh, each country has its own leg- legislation and uh, the Czech Labour Code and the equal treatment uh, legislation is applicable only in the Czech Republic for the one employer within one entity. So okay. if this same situation would happen happened. And uh, within one entity, it would be different. But when we are comparing different companies, it's a different situation. Yeah, I think it's similar. Like we had also cases when people are comparing uh, salaries 
within the same capital group, but uh, across the country. So you, you can't do it as well because you have different legislation and different markets. Thank you. Uh, that's just a side comment. But also I had a question. Do you think that uh, some, uh, some groups like 60 plus, which might be in the possible risk groups, uh, do you think they, they should be protected into coming uh, to work from the office? Absolutely. All employees should be protected, but this uh, high-risk group employees should be protected even more. And uh, preventing them from coming to offices is only w one of possible protection measures. Ad alternatively, if their um, presence at the workplace is necessary, they can be provided with uh, protective equipment such as masks or uh, shields, or just applying uh, social distancing uh, rules. We had um, a client who actually employs thousands of employees in the Czech Republic from IT sector. And uh, after the lockdown, they came with a sophisticated gradual uh, plan of uh, coming back to offices. And the employees were divided into four groups, where the first group was a group of employees was critical for the business and their presence was necessary just after the lockdown. So they were moved to the offices after the lockdown. Second group came to the offices uh, in summer and the third group in early autumn. So they are now in the offices. But the fourth group was the group of employees uh, with high risk of uh, infection or high, high health risk. And this group was not supposed to come to the offices at all this year. And I think this was correct and prudent approach. And back to your previous question, Kasha, this would, wouldn't be discriminatory because there are objective and justifiable reasons why to treat this group of employees differently. Okay, thank you, Jakub. Which, which brings me to our last topic, which is health and safety and is closely connected to it. And uh, observing health and safety rules and uh, the question whether you have to or you can measure the temperature of the employee who is entering the office or even the visitors uh, entering your office. It, this is the hot topic across Europe and uh, various countries has different approaches to that. So, uh, Natalia, any clarity around this in Ukraine? Yeah, in Ukraine, the situation is fortunately clear. The Ministry of Health issued recommendations regarding this uh, specific aspect uh, of COVID times. And um, all visitors of public uh, spaces and all employees before, uh, in order to be admitted to work, they need to undergo um, a temperature screening. And if their temperature is above uh, 37.2, they are not admitted to work. So this is very clear. Okay. And the same in all public places, like shops, uh, public areas, uh, it's mandatory. That refers to employees, but also to visitors coming to the office, right? Yes. yes. That's very clear legislation. Okay, thank you, George. How about Hungary? Any clarity, any tips? I think this is also possible in Hungary. Uh, if we have visitors or if the clients have visitors, we give them a declaration. Please say something about your past. Where were you? Was there anybody with, uh, infected with COVID around you? Uh, this is also a very good idea, I think. But anyone who would like to implement the temperature measure uh, arrangements, please seek for data privacy advice. This is always advisable. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so surprised because in Poland, uh, we can't measure temperature of employees. And employment lawyers used to say that health and safety rules would allow for checking the temperature because each company must protect employees 
help. But our GDPR authorities, unfortunately, are of the very strict view that it's not possible to collect such a sensitive data as, as uh, temperature level. So we see what, what the life brings. But uh, from my experience, I know that some companies are still measuring the temperature and relying on health and safety rules. How about Czech Republic, Jakob? Any tips and uh, any clarity around this? Yes, in the Czech Republic, in a nutshell, the temperature measurement is possible, but only for ensuring for the purposes of ensuring healthy and harmless um, working environment. Uh, this is also in accordance with the statement, official statement of Czech Data Protection Authority. And what we, of course, um, discourage our client is just uh, from um, launching the temperature checks without any any assessment. But do you advise that uh, that each firm adopts a special policy on this, or is just a legal review which is required? They have to have in place special policies in terms of. Uh, necessity of the of the measurement whether it's appropriate whether it's uh, what methods will be used what population of employees will be measured and uh, of course also inform the employees how their data will be treated and so on okay thank you thank you very much okay thank you guys uh, as a summary um i think uh, as a general uh, observation, we see a trend that uh, companies in Central and Eastern Europe, but in general in, in Europe, are of course uh, focusing on the cost savings. But in my view, they are uh, trying to retain the key staff. So not in all sectors must redundancy started, and the companies still think that COVID will just end at some point and uh, key employees will be still with them. And I think one of the reasons could be that it was very hard to find some good employees in, in some markets, especially Czech Republic is a, is a place where it's very hard to find employees. So uh, we see if there is a next lockdown, we see how the scene will look like. I'm a little bit less optimistic because the subsidies from governments may, uh, may run dry. And uh, in such a case, maybe some companies will be forced to resign from the, from the workforce. Fingers crossed, it will not happen. With this optimistic ending, I would like to thank you very much to all my lawyers who joined me for this session. And I would like to thank the listeners for tuning into CE Podcast. Thank you.